All right, well, Dad, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for this time of like fun and fellowship that we've gotten to have um, with our with our church fam. Um, I just know that you've got more good stuff in store for tonight, and so we just thank you that you're a good father and you have only good and perfect plans for us. Um, and uh, I just pray that as as uh, we bring this message tonight, that it would be the words that you would have us speak, um, and that your your message of truth would be would be heard. Um, so Father, we just dedicate the rest of this night to you and to your purposes, um, and we just lift you up and give you all the honor and glory and praise that you, you so rightly deserve. And we just ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay, so tonight we're going to be teaching on uh, Ezekiel chapter 34, so if you want to turn your Bibles there. Um, 34. Yes, 34. 34. Um, definitely have to admit, this is like... A super, uh, I won't say random, but like this teaching doesn't fit in like any series that we're doing. It's, it's just, it's just a one-off <laughs> in some ways, but it's, it is that because it is going to be good. Yeah, it is that because it's good. Uh, I think, and this is, um, you know, just, just being totally honest with you guys, like life's been busy with yeah. like just holidays and family stuff and like. Webster's having their baby and the church being in a different location. It's just been all just different. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with different. But this thing was, this this teaching we're about to give is just 100% the Holy Spirit because mm. we wouldn't have been able to figure it out. Well, we were joking because we were like working on a teaching together, but literally we sat down this morning for 30 minutes for the first time together when yeah. we've been working on it separately. Yeah. It's super for the whole weird. week because we haven't seen each other. Yeah. And so like, This is this is something that Savannah's been uh, working working on and studying for like a couple of weeks now. So it's really born out of that. So it's really really awesome. But um, open your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter thirty four. This is gonna be it's gonna be good. We're probably we might make it through the whole chapter. I kind of kind of doubt it, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. So uh, just to give you guys some some context about this, um, the book of Ezekiel was written during the time of uh, Judah in, Judah being uh, in Babylonian captivity, right? So Ezekiel was a prophet kind of around the same time that Daniel was a prophet and Jeremiah as well. Um, those were the prophets of, of the Babylonian captivity while, while Judah was, you know, under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. They were, they were not in the land of Israel, you know, they were in ba- Babylon and everything. So that's kind of the context of this. But this chapter is specifically... Um, a prophecy and a word that God gave to Ezekiel about Israel's rulers, about their shepherds. And um, we're just going to kind of jump into it. And you're, it's probably not going to make sense as to why we're talking about this to begin with, but it, but, but it will. Mm. Just wait until about verse like seven or eight, and then it'll, we're going we're gonna to get into like why we're actually talking about this. And I think it'll be really, really good. And then it won't be. Then it won't be random. Then it won't be a one-off. Then it'll be really good. So uh, let's just let's just jump in and start taking this like section by section. Um, so, uh, Smitty, can you just like read the first two verses and yes. we'll just Ezekiel thirty-four. 
And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Yeah. So, I think you guys get the picture. We're talking about the shepherds. And so, um, <laughs> what does that mean? What does shepherds mean? So, I, I looked up the word shepherds. This is, is literally, um, the word in the Hebrew is literally just means to keep or to tend sheep. But um, in general, the word is used in, in broader context as rulers, people who are ruling. Um, it's, the word is also translated eight times in the Old Testament as pastor. Okay, so these, these are literally... The biblical um, leaders yes. of the time. Yes, and for the nation of Israel, the, the civic leaders and uh, the religious leaders in many ways kind of intertwined, if that makes sense. So there were priests and there were kings, um, but essentially they were all under the rule of God, right? You know, because it, it was, a, it was you know, started out as a theocracy, but they wanted a king, so God gave them a king. Mm. Um, not, it, it didn't really end up well. <laughs> didn't end up well. What, what they ended up with was being driven out of their land and taken into captivity. That's, that's ultimately what, what the final outcome was of them desiring a king. Because those kings were the shepherds. The priests were the shepherds. It's, when, when this passage is talking about shepherds, it's talking about all of the civic and religious leaders. Everybody that had any kind of authority or leadership over the people of Israel. So that's what, that's what we're talking about. So, um, Svan, if you just want to kind of keep reading and maybe I'll, I'll like stop you. That's fine, <laughs> I'll keep going. Yeah. Uh, you eat the fat and you clothe you with the wool, but you kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. The disease have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have you sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. Okay, can you stop right there for a sec? Um, so, what, what God is giving us the picture of right here is... There, there's a reason he's declaring, having Ezekiel declare this prophecy against the shepherds. Why is it? It's because they have ruled the people selfishly. Mm. Everything that, that they have done in relation to uh, the flock, the sheep, the people of Israel, has been for their own selfish gain. Yeah. Self-serving, um, using cruelty and force. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so in verse 4, it, it's, it's, verse 4 is really good because it basically gives you the outline of the types of things that the shepherds were supposed to be doing for the people. Right. Okay, so what are, what are some of those things in verse 4 that you could see? Um, so you just want to kind of pick them out. Yeah, they did not strengthen those who were diseased. Yeah. They didn't heal the sick. They didn't bind up anybody who was broken. They neither went to find people who were lost or had been driven away. Yeah, I mean, th those were... That, this is kind of the reason that um, the idiom of the shepherd and the sheep is used all throughout scriptures because it's such a useful one. Yeah. It's so useful. When you're it yeah, it makes sense. When you're talking about biblical leadership and, um, you know, essentially we're going to get to Jesus being the good shepherd. And that's, that's ultimately where, where the idiom, like, finds its home and, and finally rests. But um, it, it just makes sense because a shepherd does all of these things for the sheep. When a sheep gets lost, he goes to find it, yeah. right? I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. When you know, when the sheep are are diseased or they're sick, he's got to find a way to to get them get them better. 
this, these are the types of things that, that a shepherd does for his flock. These are the types of things that a pastor is supposed to be able and willing to do for his, his church, his congregation, the people that God has put under his authority. Um, so, but it says they were supposed to do all those things, but with force and with cruelty, they have subjugated them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're obviously dropping the ball big time. Um, so you want to just keep going? Yeah, yeah. And they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Okay, stop right there. Um, <clears throat> so, basically, what was what was the ultimate outcome of the shepherds ruling the people cruelly and with selfish motives? The people abandoned them. They went their own way, and they're like, yo, we don't need y'all anymore. <laughs> Peace yeah. out. So the flock left. The flock left. Mm-hmm. That leadership. The flock mm-hmm. left the leadership. But it did not go well. Yeah, before. so, um, in, <laughs> that's right. It did, it did not It did not go well. Just Well, what does it say? I mean, it says they became meat to all the beasts of the field. Um, they wandered through the mountains and every high hill. The flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and no one searched or sought after them. So they were, you know, sheep without a fold. You know, they didn't have anybody looking for them. They were just scattered out, and they became, you know, food for whoever would would look to, uh, you know, to attack or to um, exploit them. Is the word I was looking for? Exposed. Yeah, they were exposed. Yeah. They were exposed. So, um, in in doing research about this chapter, you know, one of the first places I always go in Blue Letter Bible, they have text commentaries on everything. I really like a lot of David Guzik's commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a good job, I think. So, uh, in his commentary for Ezekiel 34, talking about verses 5 and 6, um, says, so they, he, he writes, so they were scattered because there was no shepherd, right? We already hit on that. It says, in both the civil and spiritual realms, when sheep have unfaithful shepherds, sometimes they think the answer is to have no shepherds. Mm-hmm. They think that almost any kind of leadership among God's people is unnecessary and, the, and that the flock can lead itself. Ezekiel specifically spoke against this kind of thinking. When there was no shepherd, it was no better for the sheep. They became food for all the beasts of the field. This was the result of the scattering. Some of God's flock became food for all the beasts of the field. The unfaithful shepherds soured the sheep on the principle of leadership among God's people, and the flock ended up suffering greatly because of it. Um, so I thought that was super, super pertinent and super powerful. Um, I can, I can definitely, definitely attest to um, times in, in my life where, like, I had been soured on certain church leaders and just kind of was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go out and do my own thing. <laughs> yep. And uh, it, it doesn't end any better. <laughs> you're, not, you're not any better off out on your own than you are under corrupt leadership sometimes. Yeah. It, it just, you know, probably it, you're probably the same. <laughs> you're probably the same. Um, so that's, that's kind of just a piece to think about as we keep going. Um, so, um, oh, we totally missed, because I had my notes all messed up, we totally missed a section. So let, let's, let's look for a second, let's look for a, yeah, I'm going to flip this around. Let's look for a second um, 
at Mark chapter 10. Can one of y'all just turn to Mark chapter 10 for me? Cameron's got it. Yeah, Mark 10. So, the nation of Israel was no better off for having forsaken their, their leaders. They were no better off for having forsaken their shepherds. Um, the things that the shepherds were supposed to be doing for them was strengthening the diseased, healing the sick, bounding, binding up the brokenhearted, um, being brought back from those that have driv- that have been driven away, seeking that which was lost. Um, but they didn't do that. <laughs> they dropped the ball. So, Cameron, can you read for me um, Mark chapter ten, verses forty-two through forty-four? Yeah. Because um, I, I just want I just want everybody to understand what the biblical model of shepherding and leadership looks they like. They had a, a model presented to them by the Godhead of how they were supposed to be That's right. operating. That's right. That's right. So this is going to be Jesus talking. Mark chapter 10 verse 42-44. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, You know... Nope. No? It's 40. It's 42. Uh, but Jesus called them to him and saith, saith unto them ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them but so shall it not be among you but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister and who, whosoever of you will be the chiefest the chiefest shall be servant of all yeah that's the biblical model of leadership is servant leaders. Mm. Yeah. Servant leaders. Um, can, can you read can you read that last verse for me again? Yeah. Forty four. For uh, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. Oh, sorry. Oh, can you read mean the one after that? I guess. For even the Son of Man came yeah. not to be ministered un- unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Yeah, that that's the biblical model of leadership, guys. Is is self sacrificial. Servant leadership. Active. 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 That's right. That's right. And so, um, that's that is the biblical model that Jesus portrayed and that he that he gave to his disciples and that they were supposed to carry out. That's um, that's also found within the Torah. You can also find that that type of, of leadership, the dictates that were given to the priests and everything. Um, it basically, with a whole lot more like rules and procedures, <laughs> embodies that. Yeah. It embodies that. Um, so there's there's a reason that God is upset and that, that God is giving a, a prophecy against these shepherds because they did not embody that type of leadership. Guys, every single one of us needs to have that type of leadership influence in our life from somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God desires for us to have someone serving us. He wants us to be served, and he wants us to serve as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like that's 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 one of the primary ways that God want that God has chosen to love on people is using ministers, people who are carrying the gospel and have been given godly authority, using those people as his vessels to care for you, to love on you, to meet your needs, yeah. to meet my needs help us out and just get us through life you know that's that's what that's what church leaders are there for but they have to be operating in that mode in in a self-sacrificial way willing to serve at all times and not doing what what these uh, old testament shepherds were doing mm. um so yes let's just move on um so i guess now that we've kind of 
talked about all that. Um, I want to ask you guys, uh, how many of you guys have ever been burned by a shepherd in your life? That's like most people. Most people. It doesn't have to be a church leader either. It doesn't have to be a church leader. Um, a leader in general it could be parents, grandparents, bosses, yeah, employers, coaches, counselors, teachers, um, anybody that that has been uh, in a position of authority and influence over you at some point has been a shepherd to you. Um, you know, uh, you know, it could, it could even be like an older sibling that was, you know, given, you were given into their care for a certain amount of time for whatever. It could be any, anybody, anybody. But there's a, I, I have to imagine that like, you know, a large, large, large percentage of, of everybody that, you know, is a part of our church has been burned by somebody at some point. Mm. You know, it's just part of life. It happens. Yeah. It happens. But tonight, what we want to talk about is how do we react to that? Mm. What do we do about it? Yeah. We burn them back. We burn them back? <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong answer. <laughs> 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 That's how you get devoured in the people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's not, not, not what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as, we move, <laughs> as we move forward... This man interrupt me at any time because I feel like I'm just kind of going. All right. I'll, I, I'm content in the fact that like you would be talking about this about my conversations. That's entirely true. Um, <laughs> so as we move forward, I just want to kind of encourage you guys that like all of those wounds that you may be still carrying around with you from being burned by shepherds in your life in the past, there is healing available for yes, that. Exactly. There is healing available for that. And those experiences do not have to define your life moving forward. Absolutely. They do not have to. Okay? Yes. So, I think um, just sharing, like, how did I end up in Ezekiel 34 of all, of all chapters is A, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But B, the answer to a question I kept asking God is I kept having conversations with God about my own life, about hurts that had come up, and I was like, dang, it's time to let go of this, time to let go of this, and just conversations I was overhearing, or conversations I was hearing, or even just topics of just, I hear and see in, like, at work, and just in general, just so much of people's past hurts being Mm -hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. in the front of their mm-hmm. faces mm-hmm. and I'm like God I know you are so good and I know that you want to heal everything so how do we get from it being right here to what are we supposed to do with it right. what are we supposed to do with these things that have hurt and where people failed especially people who were supposed to not fail us and because of that we and he took me to Ezekiel 34 and he was like okay here is my I recognize you know Father saying, like, I recognize the failure of leadership, or I recognize the failure of certain people over my body. I see it, and this is what I do about it. And it's not something that I will do. I saw it as an action that has already been happening. And I might be jumping ahead, 
But I think it's really good when stuff like this gets kicked out. The enemy wants to make it seem like, oh, this is something that is un... I can never deal with this. Or, oh, this is something that will always be. And that is such a lie from the enemy. Because that denotes any sort of freedom that Jesus came to give us. And any sort of freedom that the Father wants to give us. So I love this chapter. And I'm so glad we're just taking it verse by verse. Because it helped me just be like, God already did it. Jesus already did it. He saw it. He recognized the problem. He did it before I was even fully aware of the problem. And so I'm really, really happy because I feel like... Uh, this is a tangent. I'm sorry. Do you want me to say Because I feel like just from reading the Word, which is alive and powerful, and it's Jesus, that restoration and that healing happened for me mm. of a lot of things. And it's like, ah, oh, Cool. And so I'm, I'm really grateful that, like, I didn't know these people had this kind of nugget. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Okay, I'm done. No, you're great. That's I'll awesome. Back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. say it one more time. So, uh, <laughs> verses 7 and 8. Can somebody read 34 verses 7 and 8 for me? Sure. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Thank you. Uh, so there's one, one piece that I just want you guys to, to pick up in these two verses as we move forward is, Multiple times, what does God say? He calls the people, my flock. They're my flock. And so, what I think it's so helpful to realize is that no matter whose authority and or leadership we've been under that that may or may not have, have hurt us in the past or is actively hurting us now in some way, shape, or form, like, no matter what, no matter who they are, you are still part of Jesus' flock. You are still part of Jesus' flock. Just because they are in a position of leadership over you does not mean that God doesn't have the final say yeah. in the Their final word. Never, never supersedes God's leadership. That's exactly and what right. I love about his, you'll find that he repeats the saying a lot of like, this is my flock. And I view that as him verbally redrawing the lines mm-hmm. of ownership. Yeah, yeah. And verbally establishing, like, this was you, and I've placed you here. Right. Like, verbally establishing your identity one more yeah. time. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just have this little note here. So, like, I want to, I generally don't like doing this sometimes, but um, I want to validate some of you guys' emotions for a second. Yeah. Emotions Whoa. can be can be very fickle and can be, we can't always trust our emotions, but when we, when we get burned by a leader in our life, someone that's supposed to have shepherded us, um, God gets personally offended when yeah. we are not shepherded so well. So much. Yeah. Yeah. When we are not shepherded well. Yeah. He gets personally it offended. It makes him so mad. So you are allowed <laughs> to be offended and upset when you are not shepherded well. Yeah. For how long? For how long? No. Well, we're going to have to tease that out <laughs> because, yeah. well, I mean, that that's a good question. Um, 
I mean, I would say, like, you know, don't let the sun go down in your anger, you know, so, like, probably not a full day. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean, do you mean how long is it okay to feel upset and offended about it, or how long is it okay to allow yourself to be under poor shepherding? Oh, I mean, feel upset and offended about it. Okay, the first one. I I was thinking the second one. Oh, no. Okay, the first one. We're not on the same page. But I think to that question, I think yeah. Micah is a good answer. Yeah. But I, it, I totally, totally understand that. Look, guys, there's some wounds and some traumas that a lot of us are, are carrying from our early childhoods even probably. Just don't, maybe, maybe we don't realize it. Maybe we do. Maybe we're totally aware of the fact that you know, X, Y, and Z happened to us when we were six years old. Yeah. Like, and we just haven't been able to get over it. I get that. But there is healing available for you so that you can get past that stuff and move on with your life. What is the quote that you have in there? I know you wanted to share this. I love quotes. Um, <laughs> this quote was from Dr. Henry Wright, um, one, of my, one of my heroes. And um, he says, sometimes we are so busy dragging the past around with us and projecting it to the future that we forget to occupy today. Mm-hmm. My answer to your question or your kind of question, I guess it is, is a question, is it's okay to feel angry in the moment, mm-hmm. but are you holding on to it unnecessarily? Mm-hmm. Are you keeping it um, at the forefront of your mind because you are afraid God will not take care of it? Yeah. That is my challenge to you. Um, because that means that you believe that only you can handle the situation. And God does not want to deliver you from that situation and deliver you from the bitterness and bring reconciliation between you and the leader. When you hold on to bitterness and that anger unnecessarily for a long period of time, that reconciliation gets harder and harder. And I would pretty much bet that God always wants unity within the body. He says, beloved, is that all peaceable? Possible. (laughs) It says peaceable and Oh, you're right. Never mind. Sorry, Dave. I you. If at all possible, live peaceably one with another. Thanks. It's a confusing verse. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So, I mean, you gotta make sure you do your part. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, I hope you guys are getting the picture of where we're headed with this. So, cool, good, point. Buen. Buen. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, now we are going to get into, uh, well, let's read verses 9 and 10, and then we'll get into what God has to say to the shepherds. Um, I'll just go ahead and read verse 9 and 10. Uh, Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock from their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock, nor shall the shepherds feed themselves any more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth so that they may not be meat for them. So it is God's prerogative to avenge you (laughs) in terms of of you being shepherded poorly. It is his prerogative to remove those individuals from places of leadership. Okay, It is his prerogative. He has the ability, and if he has the desire to do so, he will do it. He will do it because he is your avenger. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Okay, it's up to him. Yeah. It's up to him and what, what he wants to do. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. My, I have a question. Yeah. 
So, who of us, we've already established that a lot of us have been burned by the church previously. Like, we all have those experiences. Are any of you still in that place? Mm-hmm. Right? Are you still in that church? Are you still in that circumstance? Are you still in that counseling session? Are you still in there? No. <clears throat> so why keep her- carrying on that hurt? Why keep meditating on it? Mm-hmm. Because God has already taken you here. He's already placed you yeah. here. He's already done that redrawing of the line and saying that was not where they need to be. Here they are. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And we can celebrate that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, no, no, you're good. Um, so, another thing that I think is super, super helpful for me to realize in all of this is, uh, you know, when I say it's God's prerogative to remove those people from leadership, he, he continually calls us his flock. You know, what we've got to realize, guys, is that uh, no matter what's happened, God has always been the shepherd in the background the whole time. God is always shepherding you in the background the whole time. Whether or not the vessels that he has chosen to use have operated in their positions faithfully or not, that's one thing. That does not change the fact that God has been shepherding you all along. Okay? He has been all along. He's never left. He's always been there. And no matter how bad it seemed at the time, no matter how, how you know, crazy things got, no matter how unfaithfully those shepherds in your life executed their position of leadership over you, he was there. And it's our job and our responsibility to always be looking for him and seeing where he is in every situation. Because like, it's, it's really easy to, to look at you know, what our eyes can see and what we can experience with our physical senses. And like, this person's hurting me, this person, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. But he's been there the whole time. And those vessels that, that you know, he's given authority over, they're human. They screw up. We all do. We all do. Um, some of them screw up with some really, really uh, malicious motives. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Um, but don't lose sight of the fact that when you look back on those experiences, God was there shepherding you the whole time, yeah. and he still is. Yep. He still is. Um, somebody, somebody read for me um, verses 11 through 16. This is like, this is where we're going to get into some real, real awesome meat. Before we do that, yes. um, one other thing that I would love about verse 9 and 10 mm. is God... I, I view Jesus throwing the gauntlet down and being like, I'm done. Yeah. This is over. I declare war and I am moving. It would be terrifying <laughs> if like, yeah. you experienced this word or if you experienced that and you were like, oh crap, I messed up yeah. with God's precious children. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. So the people who have messed up and misrepresented actually need mercy because the judgment that they are going to receive. I do not wish on anyone, no matter how bad they've hurt me, no matter how many doctors told me I was the problem, I do not wish them any pain, any heartache, any judgment from my father because I know how terrible that can be. 
And so I love this chapter because it's seeing I have a defender, and he is terrible, and he is mighty, but he does not need my help. Yeah. <laughs> and so I yeah. see God and Jesus taking it upon themselves to correct the situation yeah. that they recognized and that they saw. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like John eight thirty six was a verse that God really showed me to when I was reading this. And if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So when Jesus <laughs> has thrown the gauntlet and said, I am going to deliver my people, this is enough, I'm done, this is Irrever- they are just not taking care of me anymore. He's going to do it, and he has done it. Mm-hmm. And I love it. He is so full of vengeance and fire. But now we get to see what he's doing and has done for us. Yeah. Which is just magical. It's so good. Yeah. So good. All right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's so good. That's awesome. Uh, who's got verse 11 through 16? I got you. Sweet. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold, and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what is lost, and bring back what what was driven away, bind up the broken, and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, and feed them in judgment. Uh, that section of scripture remind you guys of any other passages? Yes. That's one of the main ones I think of. Psalm 23. Psalm 23, John chapter 10. Yeah. Jesus coming in. Um, yeah, so uh, basically the main the main points that I want to hit on out of this is uh, if you remember all of the stuff that we, we hit on in, in verse 4 that were like the responsibilities of the shepherds over the people, when God decides to remove his chosen vessels of authority and leadership from this situation, he steps in and he, he takes on all of their responsibilities. If you look at verse 16, it literally says, I will seek that which was lost, bring back that which was driven away, bind up that which was broken, strengthen that which was sick. That's all the stuff they talk about in verse 4. That, that the leaders weren't doing. He steps in, he takes on he takes on that responsibility over his sheep, and he does the job because he, he's the one that can execute it faithfully. Um, and uh, oh, what was I going to say? Um, so, like, yeah, th- this really, really reminds me of Psalm chapter 23, um, John chapter 10. Um, talks about I will feed them in a good pasture I will make them lie down like all of this stuff um, I'm sure you guys can remember remember verses out of Psalm 23 but um, I, I don't want us to miss the context of this because I think it's even more powerful this is specifically talking we, we, we can get a lot of uh, a lot of stuff for ourselves from this but this is specifically a prophecy in relation to the nation of Israel and Sometimes when, when, we, when we talk about that, I feel like we can detach ourselves from it sometimes. Because like, oh, this isn't about me. This is more specific to that people group for that specific 
time, but I think it's more powerful when you realize all of the stuff that the nation of Israel has gone through. Like, they've had the roughest go of it. Seriously. Seriously. And this is actually, this is actually, part of this is prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it says, I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel their grazing ground shall be. Um... Uh, the nation of Israel was born in 1948. Again, it was reborn. They were given back the land. But the Jews are scattered across the world mm-hmm. as we speak. They're not, they're not all there yet. God's going to bring them back to, to that holy mountain, to Zion. He's going to bring them back, and he is going to do all of this for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is going to give them that, that beautiful and perfect promised land again so that they can experience like lying down as his sheep being protected from the lions and the wolves yeah. like grazing on that that i mean this is all idiom but like grazing on that you know the the fields and the grass that he's prepared for them the good pasture and on the high mountains like man that's so powerful when you realize the the redemption that that's going to embody for that group of people it's amazing it's so amazing and so powerful like you know, there, there's so much, like, retribution and, and judgment that God proclaims against, against Israel throughout the Old Testament and throughout <laughs> some of these major prophets. Like, there's a lot of it. He was not happy with a lot of stuff that they did. But he is faithful to them to the end. He will remain faithful to them. No matter how many times they play the harlot and, you know, commit adultery against him, he always 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 has a plan in motion to take them back and to bring them back to that promised land and to bring them back into union with himself that is so beautiful it's so hopeful it is so hopeful it's so hopeful um you know one of the one of the really sad parts to realize is that you know the holocaust was the most brutal genocide that you know we have in history uh, but the Jews are going to experience worse than that in tribulation. Yep. They're going to experience worse than that. Um, yeah. What is it? The two out of every three. Two out of every three. Yeah. What is the book, book of Zechariah says that or something? Yeah. Somewhere yeah. Zechariah. So the Holocaust took one out of every right. three Jew. Um, the tribulation will take two out of every three. Man. That's that's really 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 heavy. But to to know and to understand. God's plan of redemption for that nation is so hopeful and so powerful. And just, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. Um, you guys should go back and, um, well, I won't say, I won't go there. Um, but just just think about that as you read the Bible and you get context for some of this stuff. I'm um, sure Matt would love to talk to you guys when he's ready about this. Absolutely. Over a cup of hot chocolate. Over a cup of hot chocolate. Sure. I'm not much of a coffee drinker, so I'll drink my chocolate. Hot chocolate. Yeah, totally. One thing I love about that section of scripture too is I love the repetition of the verses from earlier of like the failure of the, the leaders before and it's literally Jesus 
saying every single failure you have experienced, I will redeem. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Like line for line, instance for instance, yeah. I will redeem it mm. and I will make it better. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I just see a continual nourishment yeah. of like, you will not want, you will be at arrest, you will be at peace, you will not be food anymore. Yeah. Like, and I love that. And that's him being so intentional. If I saw it, I recognized it. And this is what I have done to redeem it. should should when you when you go home read read the rest of this chapter please that's your homework oh <laughs> homework homework I didn't do that for homework. homework read the rest read the rest of this chapter read Psalm 23 and read John chapter 10 because it you'll really get the full picture of Jesus as the good shepherd um, we were planning to I'm planning to read those in this teaching, but it's already we've already been going for a good while, so I don't I don't want to like hold you guys up. But um, understand the gravity of Jesus being the good shepherd and being your good shepherd. Like he's he's always there shepherding you. And so going back to back to the beginning, talking about some of the stuff that I've been learning um, in in reference to church leadership one of the ways that God desires to shepherd us is by choosing and using vessels that are his ministers to come alongside you and to minister to you and to shepherd you yeah um, they're human they might mess up they might drop the ball sometimes mm-hmm. they might not execute that position of leadership faithfully at, at, at you know at every turn um, but that's one of God's chosen methods for shepherding you and ministering to you and building you up and taking you, helping take you through life. Um, so I'm definitely guilty of like, you know, keeping keeping my distance from at, at certain times. I have been guilty of like keeping my distance from from certain people that you know were probably ready and willing to shepherd me, um, and that God had chosen as a vessel for like pouring into my life and stuff, and um, I, my heart is becoming more and more soft to the idea of like becoming vulnerable, more vulnerable mm-hmm. to those people on yeah. more occasions, yeah. um, because what I can realize is that even when they mess up and even when they fall short, it's, it's because they're human and Jesus picks up the reins like he does in this chapter. Yeah. No matter what, I have a foolproof safety net, yeah. foolproof safety net. So I can submit myself to leadership um, to, and be willing to do so to the extent that I see those leaders embodying that selfless servanthood type of leadership. 
I am willing, I am now willing to submit myself to those types of people when I see them embodying Jesus in that way. Um, and so that's what I would want for all of you guys to, to think about as you go from here. Like, if you've been burned in the past by church leadership, they're just people. Jesus was there holding you up the entire time. You don't have to hold on to that bitterness. You can let it go and move on. Please do. You'll be way happier. <laughs> You'll be way happier. And like those experiences don't have to define your life anymore. And I understand that it's, it's hard to try and get back into the mode of trusting people again. Look, you don't have to trust people. You do have to trust Jesus. Yes. He's your shepherd. And so, look, if you, see, if you see somebody allowing themselves to be used as a vessel of Jesus to minister to you, don't push that away. Yeah. If they screw up, it's okay. <laughs> Jesus is there. He's your safety net. Yeah. He's always there shepherding you no, no matter what. what. No matter what. But he has put leaders in the church for a reason. There's a there's you know there's a reason that the fivefold ministry is is here. It is they are those offices are gifts to the church for the building up of the body. That's their purpose. So allow yourself to be more vulnerable in that respect, and don't get too hurt if it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go, because Jesus is there. Okay. And they're all just human. Those leaders are just just human. And like Amen. Savannah said, they are accountable to God for their actions. Amen. Okay? Yeah. So, that's kind of where I want to leave it. Do any of you guys have any questions? Would, oh, did you want to say something? I have a revelation, I think. That would be um, So, this is a story from a year ago, actually. Exactly a year ago. Um, and it makes sense, I promise. Um... So last year for Christmas, my boss, who is not a Christian, gave me a gift, and it was an extremely generous gift, but it was very off the mark. Um, so she gave me a $200 gift card to a chiropractor, <laughs> an acupuncturist, an acupuncturist, and um, for those of you who don't know my history, uh, that was not a gift I needed or, or wanted. I actually walked out of addiction to chiropractors and acupuncturists. But, so at first I was completely like, oh my gosh, this is the worst gift ever. I cannot believe that she would do this. Like, hurt, guilt, shame, like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. Yeah. And now I have to figure out what am I supposed to do. And I remember calling Matt about it and just being like, you'll never. <laughs> out of everything everybody else got a massage but I got the acupuncture <laughs> but, dang it dang but, um, and God said no think about it you have been that, that I had been hurting my back had gotten whacked out and stuff and he was like she doesn't know how to love you any other way yeah. Mm, yeah. she saw a need yeah. and she cared enough to try to help in the way that she knew how. Mm. He's like, so you need to respect the motive, yeah. but you need to stand up for you. Mm. Sure. And so we ended up having a really good conversation. I said, I totally get where you were coming from, and that you saw that I'd been hurting and I needed a little bit of picking up. I thank you for that. 
but I can't use this and I don't, I'm not going to. Yeah. So please use this on yourself or on somebody else who actually will do something with it. Right. You do not have to get me anything back. Yeah. Like I'm content with the heart motive. Yeah. And we, I got to share with her a little bit about my journey. But that was crucial because God started showing me other people in my life. Mm. And like a large, like people I had discussions with, people who prayed for me, and he just said, they did the best that they could mm. with the mm. knowledge and the understanding that they had. Yeah. It was faulty at best. Yeah. <laughs> but can you truly say from like your heart that they meant ill for you? They just didn't have any way of doing it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with my parents, same thing with family members that messed up. And that has helped me so much in releasing myself and releasing other people by using an acupuncture gift card, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy, where I could have just shut down and said, I cannot believe it, Psh, done. Yeah. And it's like, so I think it's so important for us to soften our heart to anybody who has hurt us or wronged us. You don't have to put yourself back in a situation to be hurt again, but you do have to put yourself in a situation to love them again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every time. Mm -hmm. Every time. Yep. 